Hi, this is Lucy Dreyer, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Roberts, and welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom for this week in TV history. Tony and Donna's segment uh, brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly-performing live storytelling ensemble. Normally, live shows every Wednesday at the Val at the Art Parlor in Valley Village, but in, during this. Unusual time of sheltering in place. You can enjoy three minutes, roughly three minute videos every Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday from the uh, Story Salon uh, Storytellers. You can find those posted at facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. We're talking off mic. It is Wednesday the 29th as we record this conversation. I cannot remember a weekend. Uh, such as this past weekend when so many notable celebrities and icons passed away or the news of their passing was announced within roughly a 36-hour period. It's just a reminder that, you know, time stops for no one. You know, it's one of those things, and, and, and sometimes these these hit you hard. Yeah. Mm, yes. And I mean, we when we talked about uh, off mic, you know, 2016, it just seemed to be that year nonstop. Yeah. One after the other after the other. And I think William Christopher came in before the ball dropped. Yeah. He did. And our our friend Joseph Doherty, he just posted, uh, you know, like the announcement, and I think his words were just "oh for crying out loud." <laughs> and I think it was 9 p.m. our time here, so the ball had just dropped yeah. in New York. Yeah. You know, it's like like the year could not go without, uh, you know, one person. And remember, 2016, there were so many Betty White jokes. Yeah. I'm not the most superstitious person, but that's a topic I do not like to screw around with. That's not something yeah. I don't like to make the jokes about that. It's, I just don't want to. I've, I've had enough situations where I've. I've made a comment or in a conversation somebody made a comment that I don't I don't like to make anything that would even joke about pronosticating who the next celebrity would be. Yeah. All I can say to that is yesterday as we record this conversation, either yesterday or the day before, Norman Lear turned ninety eight. God bless Norman Lear. Yes. He's in good shape. He's still active. He's got a show on the air one day at a time and on the Pop Digital channel. It's uh, I haven't seen the current season, uh, but I heard it's quite good and it's quite relevant and it is, it is in step with each of the previous three seasons uh, which were available on Netflix. And God bless Norman Lear. Yeah. And also, you know, if, if people don't know, Norman Lear started People for the American Way. And he actually yeah. used his wealth to purchase a, you know, a copy of the Constitution, and he had that on tour. And he has always been a strong advocate for free speech. And uh, you know that was very obvious when All in the Family was an eight o'clock show, and they wanted the networks, you know, were establishing the Family Hour which would have meant that some of the topics that they were covering on All in the Family would not be suitable for the 8 o'clock time slot. I think most famously the vasectomy episode, (laughs) that it would have to be on at 9 o'clock. And, you know, you're going, we use it all the time. People don't like it when they rearrange the food at the supermarket. Right. 
And, you know, you can't rely, especially at that time period, it's not like now, but at that time period, oh, on this episode, we're going to air it an hour later because of the subject matter. Yeah, and this is back in the prehistoric days before social media where, I mean, today, if a show is aired at a different time than normal, there are a lot more ways to get the word out to viewers of the show. Hey, by the way, we're on a different time. That that option wasn't available back, back then. And so as a result, if a show was relocated to a new time slot, it would often take one or two weeks for the viewers to realize, hey, why why, why is Archie Bunker on, you know, not on 8 o'clock tonight? Exactly. And there were, there were successful shows that just were killed because of that. They got moved to a new time slot. And even if they were put back in their old time slot, they never recovered. And I also remember there used to be so many campaigns to announce the new time slot. Like they would have the actors either as themselves or in character doing some shtick to promote that they are moving to a different time slot. Yeah. Which I don't think we would see today. Yeah. Um, but I remember like, as recent as Friends, I remember they, they experimented, I think, moving them to a Sunday night, and you saw the entire cast pack up their belongings in cardboard boxes. Hey, what's going on? Well, we're moving to Sunday night. You know, And, and uh, yeah, I remember Spin City did a, a similar one, and it was all Back to the Future themed. Because <laughs> I think they were moving from Tuesday to Thursday or yeah. Thursday to but they all got in the DeLorean and moved to a new time slot. Yeah. And I, remember, this is the day, you know, pre-VCRs. Yeah. Well, D, DVRs, DVR, yeah. DVR, you know, well, VCR, I'm going way back. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, if you missed a show, you missed it. You're you missed it. out of luck. You might catch it in the summer during a rerun. Yeah. But, <laughs> rerun, there's a term. Tony and Don are with us via Zoom. We are having a freewheeling roundtable conversation that began as a acknowledgement of the recent birthday of iconic television producer Norman Lear. It's interesting you mentioned the family hour and you mentioned that certain certain themes or certain episodes would not play at eight o'clock. They'd have to be moved to nine o'clock. If I remember correctly, CBS for about a half a season moved all in the family from Saturday 8 p.m. to Wednesday 9 p.m. 9 p.m. is considered the tentpole time slot. It is the hour when viewing, at least back in the three-network universe, was at its highest. And I remember that first year, they opened with either, I think it was a two-part show, where Archie had a tryst. Yes, with the waitress, waitress played by Janice Page. And today that would have no problem airing in an 8 o'clock time slot. Right. But I, I would have to look up the particulars. But as it happened within, I think within, certainly by the first of the year, Archie uh, All in the Family was back either 8 o'clock Saturday or 8 o'clock Sunday. So for whatever reason, it didn't work as a 9 o'clock show. Now, I think most of Norman Lear's shows were 8 o'clock shows. I think the Jeffersons was the and, – and One Day at a Time, which was kind of yeah. 
not well, in the same universe. Well, one day at a time, as I recall, that was a nine thirty show, at least initially. They may have moved. Yes. They may have moved it and to eight thirty. And I think the later Jeffersons, on. when All in the Family was still a Saturday night show, yeah. The Jeffersons for a while was following them. Yeah, that was that was the, when, that was the Hammock show. Yeah, and then nine o'clock was Mary Tyler Moore and Bob Newhart, and then All in the Family Jeffersons moved to Sunday. But I think All in the Family was eight. Jeffersons was nine. Yeah. And so Alice was sandwiched in between. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, I think Norman Lear's shows, Maud, Good Time, they were all eight o'clock time slot shows. You know, that was a that was a, a big source for him that he wanted these shows. And the crazy thing, I think when we look at uh, the history of this, you know, you'll have certain groups that say, we don't want this on TV. Period. Yeah. And there were always these compromises and, and, and the family hour, I think was one of these compromises, which Norman Lear fought to say, no, this is going to be censorship because, you know, all in the family was not the show that you had the girl in the bikini, like three is company, or, you know, it wasn't one of the jiggle shows. It was just basically the kitchen table conversations that they would have. And sometimes just the conversations or the arguments they would have in that living room yeah. were not suitable for the time slot. And then you had Maude with the famous abortion episode. Which I grew up in Cincinnati. The uh, CBS affiliate would not air that show. I had to watch it on a Dayton station. Yeah. But then they made an announcement why it would not be on. They didn't think the content was suitable or something to that effect. And they put on, I, I, I don't remember what they put on, but I remember watching it through snow i mean dayton was 50 miles north and i watched it on that affiliate so i was able to see it you look at that episode now and it's like how this country has changed how thoughts have changed and Sorry. a lot of things have also remained the same yeah you bring up something that it's a practice that i don't think happens anymore which is a local station preempting the network feed to run a local program for whatever reason. Back when we were growing up, stations did that all the time, either because they felt they would get a bigger audience between 8 and 9 if they ran a local show versus the network show, or yeah. because every once in a while there would be the, they, they would be concerned about the content of an episode being objectionable. In fact, the last time I can remember that happening, at least to my knowledge, Tony, you can help me with the year, was when ABC ran Saving Private Ryan. Which was, uh, it was like a week after the 2004 election. Yeah. We were in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Again, and the ABC affiliate was because of the language, language used during wartime, yeah. felt it was too much for the good people of Cincinnati. Even though ABC... Um, ABC, the network, said that if there was any issues with the FCC, ABC would pick up any fines. Huh. You know, so if a local affiliate, and keep in mind, you know, sometimes people don't get this concept. You know, Ed, you grew up in San Francisco. I've been in L.A. since I was 70-year-old. Uh, the channels that we would watch would be network-owned, ABC, yeah. ABC, and CBS. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, you know, in a city like Cincinnati, it would be – you know, an, an independent owner that would have a deal with the networks yeah. to be an affiliate station. 
So they had a certain autonomy. They could say, we're going to show this, but we're not going to show this. You know, that wouldn't happen with the network-owned channel. And I think Steven Spielberg was the one who said, I do not, you know, if it's going to show on TV, I want the whole thing shown. Yeah. You know, they're not going to read, you know, you're not going to hear the soldiers storming the beach going, heck, darn, shoot, gosh. And, you know, that was that was a big deal that it was going to be shown. And they also had uh, John McCain open the broadcast. Because uh, I think, you know, it was all part of a, a Veterans Day uh, thing. Uh, and the news that they were not going to air it was announced that afternoon. They made a last minute decision. This was also in the wake of the Janet Jackson scandal, that things were very uh, tense at that time. I also remember that particular night, uh, we went to see Louis Black in concert. <laughs> oh, he had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. You know, if you ever see Louis Black in concert, by the way, uh, it is very topical, and I mean topical to the day. I mean, part of his thing is he opens, entering the stage, they, you know, his theme song is Back in Black, mm -hmm. and he comes on stage with a newspaper under his arm, and it's the local newspaper for the city that he's playing in. And so, yeah, I think there was an easy 20 minutes of just saving Private Ryan material of what happened. And just addressing the the people of Cincinnati, and making fun of putting chili on top of spaghetti. Oh, that's uh, another story. That's yeah, another. That's another story. story. Yeah, and then eventually he goes back. You know, he segued into I think stock material at the time, uh, a lot yeah. of Janet checks and stuff. But this was also a week after the 2004 election, and uh, he was actually uh, doing a lot of stuff with the Daily Show in Ohio. I was I was going to say he whenever he appeared on the Daily Show. Because he had, he was a semi-regular commentator, yeah. and the contrast between him and John Stewart was great because John Stewart was sort of this kind of low-key reaction type of comic, and Lewis Black, for lack of a better word, he was a ranter, and so the style was it was a great contrast. But yeah, but you know, and he, you know. Flies off the hand. I mean, it was great in that animated movie Inside Out, where he was, uh, you know, the little girl's rage. You know, and then he's promoting the movie. Gee, why would they make me be the rage? Uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, he was he was he was on. You know, it's, it's the time we're recording. He was on last night with Trevor Noah. Uh huh. You know, just basically talking about why he's not dining out. Does he does he still do commentary for the Daily Show or is he just a Yes, he does. Okay, he does. Okay, all right. He's doing it pretty much the way that we're doing it now. So they kept the back in black segment with Trevor Noah. Yes. I will concede I don't watch the 30-minute broadcast with Trevor Noah, but I do catch the 3 or 4-minute segments from his monologue that he posts Every day on social media, you, I usually catch I usually catch those several times a week. So I'm and I don't know when when the, because Comedy Central will re-air the broadcast the following morning, but lately they have not been sticking to thirty minutes. They've been going closer to forty-five, and then South Park. Um, huh. So I think the nice part of that is if he's interviewing somebody, especially on the lines of let's say like a Dr. Fauci or. Any politician, you know, normally they would 
they would cut the interview down right. and there'd be something on the bottom of the screen. You can see the rest on the website. The yeah. Yeah. You, you, and now I guess they're just showing the full, huh. you know, That's whatever they prepare to air, they air. And uh, so it goes, you know, about 45 minutes. So if you're going to then watch Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert, you have to set your v- your D- your VCR now. You got me doing Sorry. your DVR well, <laughs> accordingly. There there may be some gamemanship going on there schedule-wise. Yeah. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom. We are having a potpourri type of discussion as part of this week in TV history this week. When we come back, we will take a look at how the late-night talk shows have adjusted their game plan in the era of COVID-19. All that and more when we come back on TV Confidential. Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. Story Salon is Los Angeles's longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative something new funny astonishing sunset magazine says tales tall tragic and tantalizing all of this makes story salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available you can learn more about us by going to our facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 